Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am back in Studio A today with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Listen, I just want to thank you for putting out the podcast with Tommy Waller just to kind of whet their appetite. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're back from the land. I am. And we are going to be doing the Torah portion Jethro today, which we normally do on a Tuesday. Right. So, you know, just like God, he might not be early, but he's never late. That's right. Well, and so, uh, yeah, that is a good plug there. Uh, if you have yet to listen to the interview that I did with Mr. Tommy Waller, let me just tell you, um, he is uh, an awesome man of God, and I recommend that you go and just hear what he has to say on that interview. Um, you know, them being there on the Mount of Blessing in Israel, uh, day in and day out, they have some great insights uh, over there, specifically regarding um, a lot of the things that we care about in the land. And so I, I want you guys to definitely go and listen to that. Um, also, uh, <clears throat> I did just come back from Hayovel uh, on the Mount of Blessing in Israel. I was there for two weeks with uh, several folks from our congregation, uh, Mr. Will Bowman, Mr. Bill Carter, uh, Mr. Scotty Anderson, uh, my son Christian, uh, Brian Anderson, and uh, Mr. Charles Fitch. And so we all went together um, as a group and joined uh, about 25 other guys over there from all over the world um, to prune vineyards <coughs> Excuse me, in the land of Israel, in the Shomron. And let me just tell you, uh, the land is good. Uh, I, I said that in the interview with uh, Mr. Tommy while I was still over there. Um, but let me just tell you, now that I'm back, uh, my job, as I see it, is to tell everybody that I can get to listen how awesome uh, God's land is, how awesome the redemption is, how the prophecies that, that God foretold thousands of years ago are coming true in our day, that we live in, in an amazing time, and that we get to witness uh, such an awesome redemption. Uh, but that not to sit on our laurels. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of ways that us as, as believers that we can participate. And so uh, I'll be doing uh, at least one other podcast uh, just talking about the experience over there, what we did, how it went, all that kind of stuff, because I know some of you are going to want to hear that. And so if you are, uh, stay tuned for that coming up. <coughs> Excuse me. So we are jumping into also an awesome season here at Beit Tehillah, uh, Mr. Uh, Josiah Plummer. Uh, that's right, Pastor Nick's son, is uh, producing a play that he wrote called Esther the Musical, and that's coming up just in time for Perm. And uh, you can go online and get your tickets for March 8th and March 12th. Uh, I believe, now is Sunday, March 8th, is it sold out yet, Pastor Nick? No, not yet. So it's not quite sold out, but listen, the tickets are going fast. We're actually getting to numbers here where we might even be a little bit concerned about the parking situation. So get your tickets quickly because, um, you know, they're going fast. And uh, that's uh, March 8th. Uh, which is a Sunday night and March 12th. You can go to eventbrite.com, look for Esther the Musical. That's Esther the Musical on there to find that. And so uh, what do we normally do every week? Do we study the Torah portion? We sure do. We sure do. You know what's cool about the Torah portions is that they're relevant for today. 
Um, and we're talking about Yitro, Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses today. Uh, this Torah portion can be found in the book of Exodus, chapter 18 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 20, verse 23. Wow, that's right. We're going to be getting into some good stuff. Remember that uh, Exodus is the book of redemption. Just a little reminder, a little review here. <clears throat> and of course, a key word found in the book of Exodus is the word deliver. And I love this book because it's from groan to glory. Amen. That's right. From groan to glory, 40 chapters. So once again, uh, you're going to have chapters 1 through 18 is about deliverance. And of course, we get a little taste of that in 18, uh, I believe, verse 1. And then, of course, we go into uh, the next part of it. Chapters 19 to 40 are all about worship or the Sinai instructions. So Israel to Sinai is, is the geographical uh, viewpoint here. And once again, uh, this is an incredible book. And a key expression that's found in the book of Exodus is as the Lord commanded Moses. And so just like the Lord commanded Moses, the Lord is commanding us, his children, <clears throat> to do his bidding. So we're going to jump right into uh, Exodus uh, chapter 18, verses 1 through 12. It's all about this family reunion. We're going to read a little bit later. But, uh, of course, Moses was reunited with Jethro, his father-in-law, Zipporah, his wife, and his two sons named Gershom and Eliezer at the Mount of God. And it's interesting because Gershom means a stranger here, and Eliezer means my God is help. Mm -hmm. So Gershom means a stranger here. So Moses is actually naming his child uh, in the condition that he was in. <clears throat> he was out of Egypt. He was in the land of Midian. And, of course, his son's name, Gershom, means a stranger here. And then, of course, Eliezer means my God is help. So to get him back and to get him to where he needs to go, remember Moses was 40 when he became a renegade and uh, a, a murderer of an Egyptian, buried him in the sand. Uh, Pharaoh found out uh, he was a fugitive. He runs off, and, of course, he ends up uh, meeting Jethro and all of his daughters and marries one of them named Zipporah. And, of course, another 40 years goes by. He's 80 years old, and now all of this stuff is happening to him. Um, especially being being called the deliverer. Uh, it's interesting, you know, Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, are a reflection of Joseph's condition as well. His first son, his firstborn, was named Manasseh, which means forgetting. And so, literally, uh, Joseph was stripped of everything he had, his title, his name, his family, everything, geographically speaking as well, <clears throat> and as far as even his heritage. And uh, so he's like, I'm going to name my son Manasseh because I'm going to be forgetting. Uh, and then he has this other son, uh, the next son, the second son, Ephraim. His name means fruitful. And so he's basically saying, I'm forgetting the past and I'm moving towards my destiny, my future. And of course, his son's name was fruitful. Very interesting. Now, Moses told Jethro, his father-in-law, all that the Lord had done for Israel's sake. And he rejoiced by offering up a burnt offering. Wow. So once again, there's this little family reunion going on. Very interesting. And, of course, we know that uh, we're going to have some situations coming up here where Moses is going to need some advice because from morning until evening, uh, Moses made known unto the people the statutes and the laws of God. He sat to judge the people to make known God's statutes and laws. Did I say statutes? No, statutes. 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 And so just think about from morning until evening, 
Now, it's already been estimated two and a half million people have come out of Egypt. And you thought the lines were long at mm. Walmart. Oh, yeah. To check out on Sunday. No, no. And so, anyway, Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, said, hey, listen, Moses, what you're doing, man, it is not good. This is not good, Moses. But he was so zealous. You know, he thought this is the right thing to do. God called me, and I got to tell the people. But uh, in Exodus 18, 18, Ryan, if you'd like to read that verse, uh, this is what uh, Jethro is going to say to his son-in-law to give him some advice. How many of the in-laws can give some great advice? So, so go ahead and read that verse. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm actually going to read this out of my brand new keyword study Bible that a dear friend gave to me. <sighs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. So it says here uh, in verse 18 of chapter 18, Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Wow. So he realized what he was doing, you know. And so, so here's a great question, Ryan. Why is delegation important for a leader? This is a great question. Uh, I would say that many hands make light work. So not only is it that many hands make light work, but let me just give you an example. I just left. I have a business of my own. And for a long time, I was a one-man show, one-man operation. And I would not have been able to go and fulfill the calling and the invitation that God personally gave me to go to the land and serve if it weren't for the fact that I had built up a team here at home that was able to uh, handle all of the things that I needed to do, uh, you know, on behalf of the Lord over, over there. So, th so that same idea, there's two reasons, right? Number one is so that the vision doesn't die with a person, right? If, it's if the vision is solely dependent on a personality or a single person, then it's not going to go to the next generation. It's not going to stand the test of time. Shared vision. Correct. And the second reason that I would say that delegation is important is for the multiplication, right? You can reach a lot further if you do a lot more for the kingdom and for those purposes if there's uh, more people that are bought into the vision, understand the core principles of what you're trying to do, and then are able to take on specific tasks and, and be a, a basically an extension of the vision and the leadership. That's that's good, Ryan. You know, it's interesting, you know. Um, so Beta Hila, we, we have a board, and we also have over 20 people in leadership. And, uh, and of course, the three requirements that Jethro told Moses uh, that the men should have in order to lead the people, these are the three requirements. He said, number one, they should fear God. Number two, they should be men of truth. And number three, hating covetousness. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, hating covetousness. And so, once again, fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, you know. And so that's something to watch out for. You know, it's interesting that uh, one of the... One of the the seeds that go out from, you know, the, the sower went out to throw the seeds. And, uh, of course, one of the seeds fell on what? Uh, there's four of them. Which one are we referring to? Well, there's one that <laughs> fell on the path. Right. Then there's one that, what, it fell among what? Thorns and thistles. The thorns and thistles. Right. And then, of course, what happened? You know, it's it's the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches that choke out the word. Oh, for sure. You know, so it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. So as I begin to look at this, and I guess, what, what, what do they call it? Uh, I'm trying to think uh, when it comes to, to a pastor or a leader, the things you got to watch out for. I think it's, um, I'll, I'll think about it in a minute, but there, it's like a little acronym or something. But anyway, uh, I want to go into uh, real quickly here, the qualifications to be an overseer. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, uh, it says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, 
he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Amen. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So you have to have a good relationship outside the church as well. Yes. So what's Who cool? can vouch for you? Absolutely. So you know what else is cool? Um, you, Mr. Tommy was talking while we were over there, and uh, one of the things that he mentioned was about uh, we put a lot of emphasis, or at least we have in the past as believers, in the testimony of the person that was wayward coming back to the Lord. And the example that we're given over and over and over again, and the example that we celebrate as believers over and over and over again is the person that went to the left, right, and they got pulled back onto the, the righteous path. But how are we, you know, in that process telling the next generation, you know what, the better thing to do is not to go wayward, but to stay on the righteous path and to be the one that never, you know, goes that route. Um, and how do we celebrate those people? How do we celebrate the people that do it? And so the verse that sticks out to me there in uh, in First uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3 is that if you can handle your own house, that's the prerequisite to being able to, to, to participate in God's house, right? Um, and we need people to step up. We need men, especially, to have a love for the Lord, to have a love for Yeshua, have a love for His Word, to the point that that love makes us want to have a, or makes us have a desire for righteousness and that we can walk that righteousness out so that other people can see that as an example, right? The, the righteous living that gets passed down to the next generation and the next generation. You know, that's good, Ryan. You know, it's kind of like, what is a true elder? I was reading this one book about uh, manhood and different things. And uh, a true elder is, is a person that can take care of his personal life, his married life, his wife, and then his children. And then he's qualified to, of course, help the church. Amen. You know, and that's the thing we need to remember. You know, don't don't put your family second and ministry first. Always put your family first, and and that's something we all we all can learn. And, and so, you know, Jethro's going to go on to give some great advice here. He uh, Jethro stated that these delegated men should be rulers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Mm-hmm. You know, some of you listening to this podcast, maybe you're a small group of ten people, maybe less, where there should be a leader. You know, don't buy into this. You know, you don't need a leader. Uh, you definitely need a leader. And so think about it. It doesn't mean you have an unchecked right. tyrant. You know, and, right? like, and don't knock the <laughs> mega church. you know, leaders of thousands. You know, yeah, I yeah. thank God that I'm leaders of hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Just 150. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So think about it, you know, uh, and it says they shall judge the people at all seasons and only bring the great matters to Moses. Yeah. You know, and that's that's how I do with my leadership. Build your team, who you want on your team, who's not on your team, uh, build your team. And then, of course, follow the you know, the, uh, the job description responsibilities. But anyway, it's been great in that. Uh, temperaments are different and everything. Uh, and so Moses, he adhered to Jethro, his father-in-law, and did all that he said to do. What a good son-in-law. I mean, that's what you do. I listened to my father-in-law, right? I kind of feared the guy, you know, but, but he was like, um, you know, just, just do as he says, you know, let me give you some advice, you know. And he, he gave me some advice before he went to be with the Lord as well. And I still adhere to that today. Uh, now, Moses left his father-in-law 
or yeah, Moses let his father-in-law depart and he went back to his own land. Exodus 18, 27. So Moses let his father-in-law depart and he went back to his own land. You know, a uh, little note here. Remember, not everyone wants to go on the journey with you. Mm. Now, here's the interesting thing. It's, it's not that Jethro did a bad thing. You know, no, people think, no, no. oh, well, well, Jethro should have went with Moses. Well, not necessarily. And, and I want to say this. In all my years of pastoring, 17 years, there are seasons when people come into your life and then leave your life. Yeah. And so once again, you need to understand that, that not everyone's meant to go on the journey with you. So that's why you have to build associations, build bridges. You know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are really good at that, especially with people in the land, building associations and being on the up and up and having an understanding of respect for one another because, you know, they noticed uh, these people in land that, hey, God was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had uh, families, servants, maidservants, men servants. They had flocks. You know, they, they had a lot going on. They were very prosperous, uh, to say the least. So once again, uh, there are seasons when people come into your life and then leave your life. You know, there's people right now in my life that mean everything to me. And if I were to see them tomorrow and haven't seen them for a couple of years, we can pick up where we left off. Yeah. Because we've had that kind of relationship. You know, I would like to commend my, my, my dentist and his wife. You know, they were really there for me when I was single and everything and trying to find my way. And they really ministered to me and helped me out so much. And so he actually became my dentist. Wow, and to this yeah. day, I drive, you know out to North Tampa to go to my dentist. And my wife's like, why don't you go to one in Brandon? Like, this is my friend. This is the dentist. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just remember that, you know, and, and it means a lot uh, in the days in which we live. Cause we have this, this terminology or this way of about fair weather friends. Uh, but remember it's reciprocated the whole friendship thing. And, and that's another thing, you know, uh, in regards to friendships, just think about that. So uh, we are so grateful at Beit Tehillah for all those that have come and gone and given something to this vision. Uh, all kinds of people. We had people build our, our road out front, uh, the driveway, uh, our storehouse out there that was put together, uh, metal and bolts and everything. We had so many people come and, and do some incredible things. We actually had a guy come from Israel and, and build our deck for our modular. Wow. So he was there. He was stateside, and he stayed with us and, and attended our church. And he's Jewish, and he went back to Israel, but he actually built our deck and everything. Wow. So him and his family. So it's really neat to see what the Father's doing uh, and how blessed we truly are. Any last thoughts on that, Ryan, before we get into Exodus 19? Um, no, I just think that some people are in your life for a season. Some people are in your life for life. And um, I don't think that you know it's our job to, to you know try to control who is who, right? I mean, I think that... God is ultimately in, in control of that, and we need to stick to his vision and his purposes, building his kingdom, and, and do our role in it. You know? That's right, and practice your faith. You know, yes. B- believe, you know, believe in what you do. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I really want to encourage all of you to get into the word and understand that there is a church government. There should be leadership. You should have elders, okay, because it's so important to have that and to know that. Uh, it can't be a one-man show. So we're going to get into the marriage covenant, the, the actual giving of the Torah here. Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. And Ryan's going to read, and it's going to be great. It is. It says here, In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, 
Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded. And all the people together, all the, and all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And Moses returned wow. the words of the people unto the Lord. Wow. Wow is right. Very good. So in the third month, the children of Israel arrived at Mount Sinai, where they would remain for almost a year. Think about that. In the third <laughs> month. So this is the Feast of Shavuot. So now we're going to be reading about the giving of the Torah, of the Mosaic Covenant, uh, at Mount Sinai in the third month. This is, of course, the Feast of Shavuot. And what else happened on the Feast of Shavuot in the book of Acts? Ooh, the Spirit fell. That's right. The giving of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit came upon them in the upper room. Now, I love this because Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6 says, Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So much is packed into this. Uh, there's actually cross-references, Ryan. You could probably find it, and we'll mm -hmm. read it if you don't mind. Yep. Uh, I believe it's Peter, but, but yeah, check this out. Now, now, here's the thing, everybody listening to this podcast. You're doing so well by listening. So, so, so here's what the Father is saying. I want you to hear my voice and keep my covenant. Ooh. So you got to get rid of all the other voices. My sheep hear my voice and they obey. That was Yeshua, right? Yeshua is Yahweh. Yahweh is Yeshua. Here's the deity speaking as well, even in, in Exodus, right? And so keep my covenant. So when you say, oh, the Torah's been done away with, well, then what are you keeping? Yeah, exactly. So right. what I love about this, Ryan, is what, what he's doing, you know, because he actually says, you're going to be a peculiar treasure unto me. This, this word peculiar treasure is segula. It's not something like you put around your neck or you put on your finger. It's, not, it's a jewel that you hold in your hand. And, and what does he say? Nobody can snatch you out of my hand. Why? Because you're the segula. And I don't have the concordance in the back or anything like that I'm getting into right now. But once again, uh, this is a peculiar treasure to, above all people. So this is not about racism or prejudice or favoritism. Think about it, Ryan. If you hear his voice and keep his covenant, you're going to be above all people. Why wouldn't you want that incentive? Why wouldn't you want that from the father? And guess what? You're answering to the father. I heard his voice. I know the covenant. And I love this. This is just such an incredible, credible storyline. Uh, did you did you find any cross references in that regard? Is I, it like I did actually? Is so it Peter it talking it's about? First, it's First Peter. If you uh, want to read that to everyone, because uh, actually, just to let everybody know that this these two verses, Exodus nineteen five and six, can be found um, in the New Testament. Peter makes mention of it. So here it says uh, in First Peter chapter two and verse five. There's uh, and then also in verse nine it says, "Ye also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ." Uh, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, "Behold, I lay up in Sion 
the chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. So let's jump to verse 9. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, priesthood a, uh, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous And there's light. that word peculiar. So here's what's Precious. interesting Segular. to me. When I connect the dots between these two, um, you know, our righteousness is as filthy rags, as Paul says. That's right. right. So it's not of ourself, but it's of Yeshua that he makes us righteous. But I want you to just comprehend for a second that, that we can use that sometimes as an excuse to not keep the covenant. And I believe that, that we are, are, are misusing the word of God when we do that. And the reason I say it, it says right here, it says, Now therefore, if ye obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So what is God saying? How are people going to know that you are one of my chosen peculiar people, one of my special segula, one of my special treasures? It's because you... You, you listen to my voice, indeed, right? You obey his voice, and you keep the covenant. What covenant? The covenant that is being given right here at Mount Sinai, Sinai the Torah. So I don't think it's super complicated. I think the relevance of Torah is very clear when you read this, especially when we get into the vo- uh, verses here as in the next couple of chapters where it talks about the covenant being an everlasting covenant, a covenant forever and all that. Wow, so much is going on here. So here's the deal. So the children of Israel agreed to do all that the Lord said to do and believe in Moses forever. To believe in Moses forever. Uh, The people were told to sanctify themselves for two days and wash their clothes. Once again, they're getting ready to marry God. The children of Israel are getting ready to marry God. And all these things you can find in a wedding. On the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. On the third day. Three is divine, it's of the Lord. I love this. Uh, In Exodus 19, verses 12 and 13, the Lord had Moses put bounds around Mount Sinai, Mm -hmm. and whether it was man or beast, anyone touching the border shall be put to death. So once again, in a marriage, there are boundaries. You have to have boundaries. You know, being married to my wife, I just can't do what I want to do. Go where I want to go. I have to inform her. I have to tell her. Her and I make decisions together. And those are called boundaries. You know, right. when you're single, you can just go anywhere, do anything. So it, it's it's quite uh, astounding. Uh, and so once again, uh, it goes on to say in Exodus 19, 16. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Imagine this, the law of first mention. The first time the shofars ever blown is in Exodus 19, 16. And do we not see shofars today in the church? Do we not see shofars throughout the world? So what is the law of first mention? It is to awaken the bride. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. How about that, everybody? Oh, yeah. And you thought you were going to get a nice little ditty, a nice little song. No, this is the ram's horn. That's buddy. right, baby. This is the ram's horn. So just think about that. You know, the first time the trumpet's blown, and we could go into great detail about the silver trumpets. Uh, Numbers 10 uh, talks about the different trumpets. But it's interesting that 
of course, there's the seven trumpets of Revelation. There's the last Trump. There's all these things. There's Donald there's Trump. Donald Trump. <laughs> but, but Moses brought the people to the nether part of Mount Sinai, okay? And there was smoke and fire and quaking on Mount Sinai as the Lord descended upon it. Now the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain only to tell him to go back down and tell the people not to ascend the mountain or they will perish. The Lord only allowed Moses and his older brother Aaron to come back up the mountain. Wow. What an incredible storyline, Ryan. You know what I love about God? I want you all to think about this. Everything? He's indescribable, but here's the thing that I love about God. For those of you that feel like, is he the God of second chances? Yes. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he can still get up. Amen. So if you're listening to this podcast and, and, and maybe you're just s stuck in something or whatever, you just can't get out. You're going to get out. Okay. You're going to get out and you're going to have the victory because check this out. So Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And then because she, she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we all suffer the thorns and thistles, sickness and disease and death. Now we have a physical death in, in, in the land. Among the homo sapien race, we have this physical death. And so we get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. But the amazing thing, Ryan, is that here comes God all of a sudden. And he picks Abraham from the land of Ur. He's the first modern day Iraqi. He's not even a Jew. And he takes him. And from him, he's going to develop his family and his people. Now, what I love is that, think about it. He kicked us out of the garden. And yes, there's still death. But he says, but you know what? You know what, Ryan? I want to marry you. I want to marry you guys. I want to bring you into this covenant. Now, there's still death, right? But you know what? I'm going to marry you. And if you hear my voice and keep my covenant, you're going to be above all people because everyone's going to die. But how would you like to be closer to me? and be the, the weaker vessel, I'll be the stronger vessel, and you come and you enter into covenant with me because I'll never break it. I'll keep it for you because you know there's death and you've seen death. But guess what? I'm going to marry you. That is outstanding, Ryan. That is the coolest thing you could ever imagine. Absolutely. And this is why we are ostracized in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. And I don't have time to get into it, but if you go into the New Testament, even in Paul's letters, the rock that followed them was Christ. Christ, Yeshua, was at Mount Sinai, right? And so once again, this is what we're looking at. So what do you think about the marriage covenant? And by the way, the sign of the Mosaic covenant is the Shabbat. We can get into a lot of things right now, but just for the sake of the context of the scriptures and the verses, we'll try to stay within those things. But boy, we could go on a rabbit trail, you know? Well, that's exactly what I was going to bring up, is that the sign of the covenant is the Sabbath. And so uh, what is the lie that the enemy has taken the scriptures and twisted them just ever so slightly and use, um, you know, good-natured uh, people just in their ignorance to do things to defame the covenant, right? Um, when we say that the Shabbat is done away with or that it's not what God said it was, we're ultimately saying that either God's a liar or his covenant isn't actually forever or that he changes, all of those statements, I think any believing you know, Christian would say that none of that is true, right? That, that no, God is not a liar, okay? That we can agree on that. We can agree that God doesn't change. Um, we can agree that his covenant is everlasting. So if we can agree on all those things, then the pragmatic approach to it is the only place where we would have any debate. And even then, I think if we can agree on those other three things, that, that this would be foundational. Um, you know, we haven't even gotten into the Ten Commandments. 
Uh, but I wanted you it's to... It's coming. It's coming. But you get the Ten Commandments. Oh, this, the Ten Commandments is all yours. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm over here on the rabbit trail. Yeah, you are. But I want you to notice, though, that the people are answering, right? It says, And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So... What has happened is a presentation of God's commandments has been put before the elders of Israel, and they speak and say, everything the Lord has said we will do. This is the commitment. This is the covenant. This is the marriage right here. This is the crux of it right there in verses 7 and 8. And so it's important to recognize that this covenant, uh, then in the next verse, right, it says, "In the Lord, this is verse 9, And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. So what God is saying is that he's doing the the theatrics of this on Sinai so that the people will believe Moses when he comes and returns the word of the Lord unto them. How long are they supposed to believe what Moses said? Forever. It says forever. And so that's the important piece that we need to get when we read this covenant. I think everybody will pay lip service And it's conditional. Oh, it's yeah. a conditional covenant. <laughs> if, no doubt. if you will, if. then I will. So let, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, Ten Commandments given by God to the children of Israel. Right? <laughs> go ahead and hit those ten if you don't mind, and then we'll have a great little discussion about the, the, the Torah in general in closing here. Absolutely. So do we want to read the verses, or do we just want to read out the Let's go and just go, go over each kind of commandment if you'd okay. like. Okay, so here know. it says, uh, The Ten Commandments mm. given by God to the children of Israel are, number one, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Uh, number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, uh, honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, number six, thou shalt not kill. Uh, number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And number 10, thou shalt not covet. Now, wow. Um, you know, I, I look at these commandments and I just, I look at it and I say, where have we, and I want you to ask yourself this personally, because I think it's easy for us to point out, like say for number two and point at uh, the, you know, the historical church, right? Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Well, except for, right, uh, statues of saints that we pray to and, and receive blessings from, Right. Uh, I think it's easy for us to point at those low-hanging fruit, but w I think a better question is to take these and point into yourself and say, where have I, you know, not kept the commandments of God? Where have I turned to the left or to the right? Um, one thing that I did notice um, uh, here is that uh, with with the Ten Commandments, right, this is where the covenant with Israel begins. So they're not the Ten Suggestions? No, they're not. They're not. And so what ends up happening is if you take the whole Torah, right, the, the um, you know, uh, the rabbis and the sages have, have separated out 613 commandments that they believe, right, are the, the principles of Torah. And um, the Ten Commandments, however, by themselves are kind of like the centerpiece, right, the crown on top of the whole Torah. And what happens is when Yeshua comes, he says... Um, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, which just comes from Deuteronomy 6. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself, which comes from Leviticus chapter 19. And so he's taking two concepts of Torah and saying, you know, hey, the first four commandments are about how to love God. 
And the, 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 the five through 10 is how to love your neighbor. And he says, all of the law and commandments fall on these two commandments, right? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So when we take this and we say, oh, well, I only have to keep those two commandments. Well, you're right. That is the two categories of commandments that God gives us. How do we show love and honor to God? How do we show love and honor to our neighbor? Well, I would venture to say that if you were to look at the Torah for what it is, then that is an easy place for you to go. So then the question begs, why are the Ten Commandments relevant for today and what happens to a society that breaks them? And so we can look empirically at the evidence that um, that people that don't keep the Ten Commandments, the society falls apart, right? Yeah. Uh, it just is it just as just as principles of themselves without God. And I would venture to say that without God, the principles don't work. But yeah, I mean, and I want to just share this with all of you because we do have the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. Uh, I've learned since 1999, in the fall of 1999, over 20 years of Torah portions. And let me tell you something. That is the Constitution for God. And we go into the New Testament with this renewed covenant. But I'm telling you, it's amazing because this is what the Torah is, everybody. This is so simple. The Torah basically is two things. It tells us what sin is. That's why you can't say it's been done away with. Yeah, Because it's telling you what sin is. So how do I know what sin is? But number two, it's teachings and instructions. So Amen. if you ever want to teach Torah to somebody, like, like just start this little conversation in less than five minutes, this is what I would suggest. Uh, the first time that the word law is mentioned is found in Exodus 12.49, Ryan. So let's look that up. So Exodus 12.49, the, remember the law first mentioned, the first time the shofar was ever blown was it was in regards to the marriage covenant. Okay, it's, It says now, here, 12.49, uh, one law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. It's that simple. Man, that'll so, rock your theology. But here's the thing, though. This is what <laughs> I love, everyone. So anyway... Uh, the word law is number 8451 in the Strong's Concordance. And Ryan, you can find that now in your Bible. I can. And it is actually the word Torah. Torah. You know, uh, Ryan was teasing me. He sent me a picture of a, uh, of a DVD of a movie. And it said Torah, Torah, Torah on it. And it was literally about World War II and the kamikaze pilots. Torah, Torah, Torah. From Japan. Yep. So very interesting. So the, the word law is number 8451 in the Strong's Concordance. It, it, it is the Hebrew word Torah. Now, it comes from, the numbers are 3384. It comes from the Hebrew root word Yara. Now check this out, everybody. This is outstanding. Now tell me this has been done away with. This is Torah 101 right here. This is so simple. It means to flow as water, i.e. to rain. Amen. Okay, it says to lay or throw, especially an arrow, i.e. to shoot. So sin is missing the mark, right? And Taurus hitting the mark. It means to point out as if by aiming the finger. Wow, so who wrote the Torah? The finger of God. Amen. Now remember what Yeshua did in the New Testament. He says, by the finger of God, I cast out devils or demons. And if you know this is true, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Isn't that amazing? That's astounding. And of course, what was he doing with his finger with a woman caught in adultery? He was writing in the sand. He was probably writing the names of all the, the you know, those that were giving charges. But anyway, it also means uh, to teach, to direct, or to instruct. So I don't have time to get into all of it, but there you go. This is the, just the basic Torah 101. 
And it is exciting, you know. Yeah, there's 613 commandments in the Bible in the Old Testament, but, you know, I, I never got into each individual one and broken them up and all that. But, you know, yeah. over 200 are in regard to the temple. Yeah. So there, that, that gets eliminated. Oh, and this is, this is food for thought. There's over a thousand commandments in the New Testament. You know, Jesus, Jesus commanded us to love. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus commanded us to love. Amen. That's a commandment. You know, and, and, and as I'm just sharing this, I'm excited. It just, it just reinstates my own faith. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage those that are listening. You know, God knows where you're at. You know, we, we were really uh, excited about those from Gibraltar, but we haven't heard back. I don't know. Maybe they don't have email in, in Gibraltar. I don't know. The Straits of Gibraltar are too straight. Yeah, for if emails. you're in Gibraltar, I'm talking to you. you Let us know where, where you're at, what you're Ryan doing, what's happening. Yeah, tell us about your background. You know, I mean, you don't even have to believe like we believe. You're just interested in the podcast or whatever. Uh, just just emails. We would love to hear back from you. So once again, you know, like I said, I've I've been doing the Torah as a Christian for over 20 years. It's been exciting, and it's been life changing. You know, and 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 I, I don't have time to get into all of this, but the bottom line is that. Why is Torah making such a big comeback? It's the ancient path. Torah has always been there. You've just discovered it by God's Spirit. Well, in the political and societal environment that we're in today, as polarizing as it is, as the world moves to the left, people of, of God are seeing Torah because it's black left. and white, right? It's, it's a way for us to say, hey, this is righteousness. I could point to this, and I could say, God himself has given me the path, right? And so when everybody else is losing their mind and can't tell whether they're a boy or a girl or whatever, God says X, Y, Z, right? I mean, he says, these are the things that I have, have commanded. That, that, that's good, Ryan, because here's the thing, everyone. It's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a, 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 a life preserver. Why don't we let God tell us what is right and what is wrong? Amen. Let God tell us what, what is righteous and what is wicked. And, and when you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're deciding that. Amen. Instead of the tree of life from that's Yeshua. Right. So I want to encourage you, once again, in Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8, it says, after those days, I'll write my Torah on minds and hearts. Now, here's the thing. On your mind and your heart. Okay? You need it on your heart because that way you can define it better and you can, you can allocate it to, to different circumstances in your life, meaning that you know, when you're in a room full of different people or, or whatever, you know, uh, we, we use the term Torah terrorist as one who uses the Torah against people. And once again, it's people that don't have the revelation, they're ignorant, or maybe they don't want to practice their faith like that. It's just like the church on Sunday. You know, they have they worship on, on Sunday. It's not the Sabbath, but that's when they have services. So so who are we to judge anyone who's worshiping on Sunday? You know, you just can't call it Shabbat. But the thing is, everyone's expressing their faith, whether they're Jehovah Witnesses or they're Mormons or they're Muslims, you know, the Baha'i faith, whatever it is, you know, people are are practicing their faith. Thank God for the freedom in this country that we get to practice and have religious liberty. So that's my food for thought in that area. Just remember Jeremiah 31, Hebrews 8. After those days, he is writing Torah, minds and hearts. Some people go south. Some people go, you know, they go off the deep end. Uh, they become very rigid and everything, you know, and we won't get into whole the issue of blackest or whatever and, and, and uh, the Jews in, in Israel, not the, the, the true Jews, you know, but but what we're going to get into is that, you know, as we discover Jethro, this particular Torah portion, uh, I want to share just one thing. We have like this thing at the end of the outline, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion uh, Jethro. And, and I would say this from a consensus of the group, I would say this based upon my own experiences. I would say that the one thing I would want to point out, not two things Ryan can share and close us out, but I would say hear God's voice 
and keep his covenant. Amen. And not only will you have a better life and those around you will have a better life, but you will be above all people, meaning you're going to draw closer to God because you took that opportunity. And I know some of you are hearing voices in your head. You're listening to voices that you're not good enough or God's mad at you. Get those voices out of your head. God is not angry. He is not upset. He loves you. He's wooing us. He's giving us the spirit of faithfulness to, to, to fail forward, to fall forward, right? And to pick ourselves up. So be encouraged. Listen, I'm 52 years old. I have seven children. I've been married for over 20 years. I've been a pastor for 17 years. Listen, I got my own junk, okay? I got my own stuff I'm dealing with. But it's called working out your salvation, so instead of beating each other up or beating yourself up, encourage yourself, encourage others. Tell them they're going to make it. Tell, tell them that you believe in them, but you have to believe in yourself. Remember, leadership is always about leading yourself first. So just keep that in mind. If you hear his voice and keep his covenant, you will be above all people. You're going to have a good life. Ryan, you can close us out. And, and just God bless everyone listening to this podcast. Amen. So uh, my two points that I came up with from this tour portion, the first one is that uh, you can't accomplish the vision without the people. Um, people are the vision. The vision is the people. People. Uh, I think it's important to recognize. That's why here, you know, the Jethro is, you know, giving, um, giving Moses, you know, just sound wisdom when it comes to delegation and things like that that um, you know, the vision's not going to work out if the people aren't involved. People want to participate. They want to get on board. They want to have a, a, a way of saying, hey, I was connected to this. I was part of this, so on and so forth. Uh, the second part is um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Noah, Enoch, all of these people that we read about, the, the record in the Bible, they were preachers of righteousness. And where do we find what is righteous? We find it here in the Torah. And the Ten Commandments, like I mentioned before, it's like the, the cornerstone or the crown um, that, that you put on top of it. And I think that it's just uh, super important that you take a look at these things and say, am I honoring God? It, do, am I keeping idols in my life? Is there things that I'm doing uh, that misrepresent God? Do I say, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Yeshua, but then you do things uh, you know, publicly, God forbid, that, uh, that are not in line with God's commandments? Um, are you keeping the Sabbath? Are you honoring your mother and your father? Um, you know, you want to you want to take a look at these things and just make sure that you're in line with them because this is God's heart for you as a believer that you would be in line with what He His will is. Amen. So wow, um, I'm glad to be back, but also very sad. It is very bittersweet. Um, uh, the Torah portion Jethro's got me a little cheered up because I do love studying the Torah. And I do appreciate you guys listening, man. Thank you guys so much. Week in and week out, you guys are faithfully listening. And uh, we appreciate it so much uh, that you uh, would study God's Word with us, that you would allow us to participate and be a part of what you're doing. And so just thank you so much for that. Uh, if you would uh, like to reach out, you can email me directly at ryan at twopraise.net. That's ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. And uh, you can also reach me. Um, you know, here at the office, if you want to call and leave a message at 813-654-2222. Also, you can live stream our services every Shabbat. That's every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, And uh, uh, you can do that at, you know, topraise.net on our website or on uh, YouTube or Facebook or any of our social media sites. You can do that. So God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.